It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Coming to you from the studios of City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon. Hi everybody, Dan Duva, Gary Lawless at 12 o'clock. This is, believe it or not, our first broadcast of Nighttime at Noon for you and me, Gary, since last summer. Can you believe it? And that also means that it is Stanley Cup playoff time. The Golden Knights are on the ice, and they are practicing their first team practice since getting ready for the playoffs. And, of course, that will start Sunday. We found out last night with the victory for the Colorado Avalanche over the Los Angeles Kings that it will be Minnesota as the Golden Knights' opening round opponent. Yeah, you know, obviously Minnesota has been a difficult matchup for the Golden Knights all season long. So has Colorado. St. Louis less so, but of the four teams uh, left, you know, there's there's no tap-ins, there's no gimmies, and if Vegas wasn't going to play Minnesota um, in the first round, they might have got them in the second round. So I, I'm, a, I'm not a proponent of picking your poison as it is. And I'll be honest with you, I lo- when the matchup was finalized last night, I thought to myself, so you're the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche. And you finished first, and you won the President's Trophy in the West Division. And your parting gift for that is the St. Louis Blues. Enjoy that. <laughs> that That's a tough matchup. They know how to win. They yeah. play hard. And uh, whoever wins the Minnesota-Vegas series, if, they, if Colorado wins, Colorado's going to be softened up by the St. Louis Blues. And if St. Louis wins... St. Yeah. Louis is going to be feeling good about itself. Right. So uh, all of these matchups are take the matchup you got and and try and win the series. So we've got lots coming up on the program today. Kelly McCrimmon has uh, just finished speaking with the media. We expect to have Kelly McCrimmon join us live at some time just after 1230. The Golden Knights are on the ice. They Some, of course, come on early, but the team practice just beginning as we come on the air. And uh, we'll keep our eyes on the practice, which is on the other side of the glass in radio terms. But we'll have Kelly McCrimmon joining us for an exclusive interview here. So uh, stand by for that as we'll talk with the GM about what to expect as the Golden Knights go into this postseason series against Minnesota. And you touched on the pick your poison. You know, Minnesota and St. Louis have been playing each other the last couple of games. And I'm always intrigued, Gary. You look at some of the, the matchups. And we have different reporters that dive into analytics, and they look at season-long numbers. And they say that this team, based on all of these numbers, is expected to win the series 88% of the time. And the other team only expected to win 12% of the time. Now, 12 is not zero, but it's pretty low. Then you look at the teams as they are in this moment, what they've been doing lately. Those season-long numbers don't take into account recent trends, and they also don't take into account which players are available for a given team at a certain time. In other words, you know, the, the elephant in the room for the Golden Knights is Max Pacioretty and Alec Martinez, not to mention Tomas Nosik, are not available right now. They are not practicing today, as far as we can see, on the other side of the glass. Ryan Reeves has returned. Uh, those guys have missed the last handful of games, And we also do not see Alex Tuck on the ice today, and Alex did not play in the third period in San Jose a couple of nights ago. So 
as we go in through all of these prognostications and the matchups and the seedings, number one versus number four, two versus number three in all the divisions and the season standings and all that, my thought is there's, there's the eye test that comes into play right now versus all of those other numbers. I could take a lot of those numbers and say, hey, this is interesting, but I want to see the team and how they match up on the ice. Well, exactly. Moneypuck.com has this, the Colorado Avalanche at an 85% chance to win. That, those are huge odds. They're huge favorites. That's the most lopsided series prediction Money Puck has ever had since they started doing them in 2016. Vegas is a 61% favorite over the Wild. I, I don't know where they get that. If Did they watch the teams play this year? Right, that's what because I'm saying. <laughs> it's, um, I would not favor Colorado. I would not give the St. Louis Blues only a 15% chance to win that series and Colorado an 85% chance. Nathan McKinnon hasn't played the last two games. Exactly. Don't know if he's going to play opening night. Right. He He's only played four. Uh, he's missed for the last five. The one that he played was against Vegas. And remember, he had left for a certain period yeah. of time. Jared Bednar said that that absence was not related to the reason why he had missed a couple of games. But uh, listen, the, the coaches and management, understandably, are going to withhold injury information. They want to be... <laughs> protective <laughs> that is no secret that's nothing new so uh, what we see on a roster sheet is not necessarily indicative of what will end up in a starting lineup sheet well, come Ke- sunday kelly mccrimmon was just asked about the injuries on his team and his response was he doesn't quote anticipate any significant shortfalls in terms of access to personnel that's a, that's a very – then he was asked again, and he said, I've already addressed it. Right. Uh, so here's the, the big part of all of this, Gary, that is worth bringing up again. He's touching on there the number of human beings that will be in the lineup who are available. And, of course, whether it's the taxi squad or the Silver Knights, of course the Knights will be allowed to field a full group of 18 skaters. Yeah. The salary cap no longer applies. No, it does not. And so let's just address that for a second. Yeah. A lot of talk about how Vegas managed the cap. They won 40 games. More than anybody else. I was just about to say, if you, if you Google NHL standings, you will see. The NHL changed the tiebreaker in 2019-20 from it used to be called ROW. Regulation overtime wins, and it, which and excludes shootouts. Excludes shootouts. Did Vegas win any games in the shootout this year? One, one. Out of so three. they would have been at thirty-nine in the old way, and Colorado won 30, 39 games. I'm sure they won at least one in the shootout. So in the old tiebreaker system, Vegas would have won the President's Trophy. It's funny. Last night when Minnesota, or sorry, when Colorado beat the Kings. Uh, Elliot Friedman immediately tweeted that Colorado is the president's trophy and the West Division champions. And I said, I took his tweet and I texted it back to him and Chris Johnson and Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet. And I said, whew, Vegas just almost, they missed that curse. 
because there's there's a, a, right. a president's trophy curse associated. I've gotten a few with, messages about that in yes, the last few uh-huh. days. Like, hey, yeah. you, I know you guys want the division, but uh, hey, well, president's trophy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you'll remember. Uh, so Elliot called me Baghdad Bob, referring to uh, the uh, communications. The as uh, I, I Iran or Iraq, their communications guy who would say these really obvious truisms like they were like <laughs> they were. <laughs> so he had some fun with that last night. Yeah. So uh, just uh, updating you again, based on what we're seeing at practice, which uh, began at 12 noon, there is uh, Max Pacioretty, Alex Tuck, Alec Martinez. None of those three are there. Also, no Tomas Nosek. Ryan Reeves is back. He is back. He's skating on a fourth line with, uh, it appears to be, uh, William Carrier uh, on that fourth line. They've got Keegan Colasar with Nick Waugh and Dylan Coglin on uh, what is a third line. A familiar second line, Marcia So Carlson Smith, Matthias Yanmark with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone as the top line. And again, we're uh, wondering if uh, there is going to be a, a return of uh, any of the, the guys that have been um, absent. So uh, we, uh, we shall see. Again, on the defensive side, Theodore Petrangelo, McNabb, Holden, Haig, and White Cloud. And as far as we can tell, uh, Alec Martinez not participating in practice today. So, again, the matchup in the West Division, Vegas against Minnesota, Colorado against St. Louis. The Knights start the Stanley Cup playoffs at noon on Sunday. Noon on Sunday. That will be broadcast on NBC nationally. And, of course, Gary and I will have the play-by-play on the radio, Fox Sports in Las Vegas, and all along the Vegas Golden Knights radio network. Gary, of all the the matchups, uh, you know, and some of it has long been decided, but now that some of these matchups are locked in, aside from the West Division, are there other matchups that you say, I've got to watch this series? Yeah, Florida and Tampa Bay, right off the bat. That's a a monster one. Toronto and Montreal, you know, the great original six series. The last time I think they played was in 1979, and Larry Robinson scored the winner in overtime. Tiger Williams took a penalty in overtime. And they, they, you had to basically saw someone's arm off in overtime to get a penalty in 1979 in, in, o, in OT. And they gave Williams a penalty. Robinson scored on a one-timer from high on the slot. And immediately after the game ended, as Williams came out of the penalty box, he was going after the referee, and this is, this is. It's really interesting. I saw Robinson talking about this the other day. Mm. Daryl Sittler went to intercept Williams before he could get to the referee, and Robinson left the pack of Canadians, not as a teammate, not as a, an, as an opponent to to fight Williams, but as a hockey brother, and went and stopped him and said, "Tiger, this isn't going to end well." Tiger Williams was unhinged. He played unhinged. <laughs> it was the key to his to the success that he had. And he was like, don't go after the referee. You know, you're going to miss half of next year, and you're not going to get paid for it, or whatever it would be. And uh, and Williams listened to Robinson and, and left the ice, I don't want to say peacefully, but... 
<laughs> without further incident? Without further incident. Well mm-hmm. said, Dan. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So, uh, There's a reason we do this together. Th- exactly right. Finish each other once, finish each other's thoughts. And I'll finish the thought that we're bringing up just with how you plan your hockey-watching weekend. So, again, the Stanley Cup playoffs for Vegas start Sunday, but, in fact, the Stanley Cup playoffs overall begin tomorrow. Washington Capitals against the Boston Bruins. That's on NBC local time here in Las Vegas. Uh, that'll be a 4:15 start. Again, Bruins Capitals game 1 of that series NBC tomorrow in DC. Then on Sunday, y- you've got your day all planned out. 9 a.m. Get your coffee, get your bagel and watch the Islanders and the Penguins. 9 a.m. on NBC. Vegas hosting Minnesota at noon Pacific on NBC and of course all along the Vegas Golden Knights radio network. And then at 4.30 Pacific time, one of those series you just mentioned, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers, again, 4.30. So that is a full day of hockey playoffs. And, you know, I thought about this, Gary, going back to the bubble last year where it was, again, there, there are no fans, so it was just all-day hockey. It felt like the NCAA tournament. It might not be exactly the same uh, this time around, but it is a return to normalcy, right? The, the games are going to be at more familiar starting times, and there's going to be a little bit of an overlap. So Monday, when the Avalanche hosts the Blues at 7 o'clock Pacific, that'll be just at the end of the Bruins-Capitals game two. But also in the middle of all that, Carolina, the number three team in the NHL, hosting the Nashville Predators. And talk about a Nashville club that had not been uh, on the postseason horizon, but they made the push and got that fourth seed in the division. So, uh, it's in other words, it, it might not be an all-day affair every day, but we're busy now. There's stuff going on, so you'll uh, you'll have to uh, adjust your hockey consumption schedule accordingly. But it is fun now for these games of consequence. And the last thought that I I want to ask you, Gary, and we'll think about this before we come back, and that's just um, how this has been such a strange regular season, compressed abbreviated, strange in terms of how often you're playing the same opponent two games in a row. Now that the Stanley Cup playoffs are starting, what's the same, what's different? And so we'll get to that when we come back. How is this Stanley Cup playoffs going to be like the playoffs we've always known, and how is it going to be different from this regular season we've all just wrapped up? We invite you to stop by City National Arena, where we are broadcasting from. It's in downtown Summerlin. You can bring the family here to learn how to skate like the pros at the official practice facility of the Golden Knights. And you can check out all of the hours and programming information online at citynationalarena.com. Again, the Knights are on the ice right now practicing, getting ready for Sunday's matchup, Game 1 against the Minnesota Wild. We'll be right back. You're listening to Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 12-18 here in Las Vegas. I'm Dan Duva with Gary Lawless. This is Nighttime at Noon. Vegas getting ready for its opening round series against the Minnesota Wild. It starts on Sunday at noon. On television, our friends at NBC will have the broadcast. Here on the radio, Gary and I will have the play-by-play. Hope you'll join us for that. Ryan Wallace, of course, the pregame show. One hour prior to puck drop, so 11 a.m. Sunday. Get your coffee and enjoy some Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, after the game, you can enjoy Bill and Carol Foley's Foley Food and Wine Society. Of course, they created the society to celebrate three of their greatest passions, world-class wine, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding travel destinations. And as a member of their society, you'll have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the globe. 
The Foley Food and Wine Society offers an exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life. You can join for free at foleyfoodandwinesociety.com. So Dan and Gary back here with you. And Gary, we'll come back to the question I mentioned uh, just uh, before the break. And that is, bizarre regular season. 56 games abbreviated and condensed, playing the same opponent typically in two-game series, only playing within the division. Now, here come the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it's basically normal. What do you see as the impact of that switch? And is it as normal as we anticipate it will be? Well, now, you know, the stakes are, obviously, that changes everything. Because if you win a series, you advance. If you lose, you're out. And that's to me, is the biggest thing. The mistakes become magnified at this time of the year. A, a soft goal from a goalie, um, uh, you know, a bad penalty from a forward, an offensive zone penalty that results in a power play where the other team scores, you know, um, a giveaway in the neutral zone that ends up in a two-on-one that causes a goal. Those those mistakes, you, you can only lose four times in a series. And those mistakes can cause a loss. So they become magnified. And that adds uh, pressure, intensity, uh, the highs and the lows are much more dramatic. You lose a game in a playoff series, and you get your one closer to four, and you, you you drive home that night, and it's not like okay, we got to get on the plane and go to Anaheim tomorrow. It's we got to go, we got to practice tomorrow, and then we got Minnesota again, or Colorado again, or whoever it is. And the opponents are better all the time uh, because. The, the weaker teams are eliminated and the weaker teams as you move forward uh, you know it, it stands to reason that the best teams move forward so the competition gets higher and higher as you move forward uh, coaches do things differently you know you may in the in the regular season you might say you know what I'm not going to double shift stone in the in the third period because we've got we got to travel or we got to back-to-back or whatever it is. It's, no, you, you, we need to win. We need to play our guys. We, right. need, we, we, we need to come back in this one. we got to play our guys. It, yeah. And all of these things. And in Vegas, it's been a goalie rotation be, and because Pete DeBoer and Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee determined that was the best way to have success over the season. Is that the best way to have success over the playoffs, we're going to find out. We don't know. Kelly McCrimmon was asked about that uh, a little while ago, and he congratulated the goalies on winning the Jennings Trophy and uh, spoke about uh, how they were both a big part of the of the success the team had and nothing more. I know that uh, Review Journal columnist Ed Graney wrote a column this morning saying stick with the rotation. Uh, if you stick with the rotation, Robin Leonard starts on Sunday Sunday morning at noon. For a whole bunch of reasons, let, let, let's not see the elephant in the room. Let's dive into this. Uh, Robin Leonard's a slow starter uh, in at, at 7 o'clock. I don't know what he looks like at noon. I really don't. Um, I'm playing Mark. I'm, and I'm not the coach. And Pete DeBoer, he is not, he's not obligated, nor is he inclined to share the reasonings, the reasons behind his decisions. He may know a whole bunch of stuff that I don't know about why 
stick with the rotation and go with Robin Leonard, or why to, to play Mark Andre Fleury? Um, if I was in his chair, based on what I have, and I would probably have a lot more information. If I, I, I certainly would have a lot more information if I was in DeBoer's chair. So uh, I yeah. would start Mark Andre Fleury on Sunday. As, as would I. Sunday. And the question would be: uh, I have two thoughts. A, do you think that they have decided and they're not going to share it? And B, if it's Mark Andre Fleury, is perhaps the rotation or some measure of it still in consideration? But hey, regular season over, playoffs starting, we kind of hit the reset button on the rotation and we start with Mark Andre Fleury, but maybe we go back to it and go Fleury, Leonard, Fleury, Leonard. It's just a, a new start of the rotation. Um, just a thought. Just a thought. Do you think that they have a plan and they're keeping it to themselves, or do you think they've, um, you know, they're, they're just truly going to play it from game to game? That might be their play, plan. Yeah, they do have a plan, one hundred percent. They have not shared it. No, uh, right? No, no. We know they're not going to share it with us. I've asked enough people, kind of subtly, like, hey, you know, uh, blah blah blah, and gotten a blank stare in return. Yeah. To understand that they've made a decision, they're just not. Uh, they're not. They're not sharing it right now. It's yeah. between them. So time will tell. We'll not likely find out who is in goal until sometime Sunday morning. The team will take warm ups uh, just a little we bit might, after eleven a.m. Demore might reveal it today. Like for it's all possible. I know. Uh, he has not throughout the regular he has, season. Yeah, and then his. You know, there is a stark difference between Flurry and Leonard and their styles. Uh, maybe he does not want Minnesota to know. Uh, it's just one more thing for you know. It, People argue about the competitive advantage of it. It's just one more thing that Minnesota doesn't know. Yeah, We know who's playing for them. Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot's going to play. And interesting because the Knights have actually had good numbers against Cam Talbot and plenty of time to talk about the matchup that Vegas has with Minnesota. A lot of the struggles the Knights have had with the Wild over the last few years, Cam Talbot was not the goalie there. No. It was Devin Dubnik, who ironically ended up with San Jose, and the Knights did very well against there. So I don't know if it's uh, the, the goaltender himself, whether it be Dubnik or Talbot. Uh, it might just be the uniform. I don't know. Uh, and in any case, um, we'll find out at some point who the goalie will be. In terms of decision-making, Gary, um, there have been some public decisions and that comes with organizations making head coaching changes and they have been coming fast and furious here and it is I think now in carousel territory with enough movement seemingly afoot the openings right now and I forget help me if I miss somebody I've got Seattle Columbus New York Rangers and Arizona anybody else I don't think so right now off the top of my head yeah yeah, yeah I think that's right well it's so Seattle is interesting. Now you have there's other things going on. Travis Green is on an expiring contract with the Vancouver Canucks. Rod Brindamore's contract uh, is uh, it will expire with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, there's talk that there's a deal has been worked out there, but it hasn't signed. GM Don Waddell said today um, Rod's going to be our coach next year. There's uh, a deal will be done uh, at some point in time. Easy for him to say, you know, Rod Brindamore is the guy that will make that decision and whether or not he wants to sign. The New York Rangers job, by all accounts, Gerard Gallant, former head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, has the inside track there, and uh, that will be interesting. What about John Tortorella and a potential return to New York? I heard We heard that early. We haven't heard it 
hasn't uh, it hasn't picked up any steam. That would be interesting yeah. at the very least. The one thing I keep hearing is that the Rangers, if they had their choice, and I think Seattle is the same, they want Rod Brindamore. Mm. Like I don't like. I, I think he is the number one candidate if he hits the market for every job. He's just done a tremendous job in Carolina. Uh, we're we're discussing this morning, you know, who's going to be on our Jack Adams ballots, and uh, he's his name comes up early in every conversation. I, I would think it has to, and yeah. in a similar way to how Barry Trotz with the Washington Capitals, you didn't know when the season ended that they would win the Stanley Cup, but there was contract angst there, and despite having won the Cup, he left and yeah. went to the New York Islanders, and New York, of course, has done quite well since. Someone could make the argument... Like, the window for the Capitals hasn't closed. They might have won another cup under trots. Like, to me, that like if you yeah. look at the mistake, the bigger mistakes that have been made in the last couple of years, letting Barry Trotz leave Washington over, like, it's stupid money. Right. Like, if he, had, if he had said to Barry Trotz, I'm going to give you a million-dollar raise, or I'm going to give you a two... I'm going to give you a $2 million raise. I'm going to give you a $3 million raise. Right. It's, 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 Which is an average salary for a player, but and it doesn't walk, count against the salary cap. Exactly. For Ted Leonsis, it's yeah. nothing. Right. No, I, I, it comes down to pride, I suppose. Yeah, and it, it, it comes down to a mistake. It, it is a mistake, and, and pride can sometimes get in the way of rationality. In other words, if you think, hey, this is the agreement that we had, going into this and Perry Trot says yes but I hadn't won the Stanley Cup now I've won the Stanley Cup for your organization my value has just gone up and Leonsis essentially says no it didn't yeah. <laughs> and Barry Trot says oh yeah and says hello New York Islanders and on and on we go let me ask I you I don't even know how much, I don't even know if he got a big bump yeah well then the then, it, then it comes with Barry Trotz just saying whether if even if the numbers aren't that far apart Am I going to go someplace where they really want me or someplace where principle. a guy's not going to quibble? Principle. You know, yes, on principle. Let me ask you about the two of the coaches, Gary, who are not returning to their teams, Rick Tockett yeah. and David Quinn. Now, Quinn uh, and Tockett, relatively Buffalo. inexperienced. Buffalo has an opening. That's yes, the well, they, yeah, they've had a number of openings and interim <laughs> openings and additional interim openings, yes. and it's hard to keep track of who's running the show they there outside number, of the Pagulas. They might have a number one center opening. <laughs> Go ahead, ask uh, me about that. So, uh, so Tonkin yeah. and Quinn, just in having a limited interactions with them here in the last few years in their respective clubs, interesting coaches that seem to be on the rise, yeah. yet here they are now looking for their next job opportunities. What's your assessment of, of how those two might fit? I, I have to admit I, I've been a little bit surprised with how the Rangers have gone about all of their dismissals from yeah. president, GM, and head coach. Um, it, it seemed to me that David Quinn was was really doing something there with the Rangers, and, and Rick Tockett, given the, the pieces he was dealt with Arizona, it seems like there's a lot of potential for both of them. My guess is if Brindamore isn't available, Rick Tockett is the number one guy in uh, in Seattle. Oh, like there's there's good guys out there. There's Bruce Brudrow is out there. I think Bruce would be a really good uh, expansion team coach. Uh, he, his teams win. He c- can coach offense. He can do a lot of good things. People like playing for him. People like working for him. Mike Babcock is out there. I don't see him a fit uh, with an expansion franchise. Uh, Claude Julian again. It's not. It's not a fit for me. Obviously, Gerard Glant would be. Uh, <laughs> he coached the greatest expansion 
team season in the history of the NHL. He could. Uh, we are already know that he could be really effective in in a role like that. But Rick Tockett seems to me, that Rick makes sense for a lot of reasons to me. Was in Seattle and Ron Francis knows what a competitor he is. They won. I don't know if they won one or two Stanley Cups together. They won one for sure in Pittsburgh, but uh, it might have been multiples. Um, uh, David Quinn, actually, you know, he, he makes sense in Arizona. Arizona wants a, a young guy uh, to, you know, basically, Nate Lehman is the name that keep, Lehman keeps coming up there. Uh, David Quinn, uh, to me, is a better version of him. He came up in the American League. He's got a little bit of, uh, uh, of NHL experience and... Uh, he is a college guy as well, so he's got all. He's he's a young guy. He communicates really well with younger players. I've never heard a bad word said yeah. said about uh, David Quinn. The only quibbling I hear come about David Quinn is Dave Gosher claims uh, people say that Dave Quinn is uh, the best looking uh, export from Rhode Island ever, and Gosher <laughs> uh, Gosher uh, he bristles at that uh, at that suggestion. And Dave is looking good, so. Uh, uh, Dave Gosher, I mean. He's Something in a, the water there in fitness, Rhode Island. Been on a fitness regime, and he's looking great. He's giving Quinn a run for his money. And, yes. and then you also throw into the, the mix, Gary, and this does um, often bear out with all sports, broadcast rights, changing hands, open up positions, and certain players, uh, former players, coaches, former coaches, managers, former managers, might be lured onto the other side. Yeah. Um, if uh, it's it's a little bit different, it's new opportunities with NBC's deal running out and ESPN and Turner getting rights to the NHL. That means they're going to be looking for broadcast talent. Yes. And maybe somebody in the mix of all these names we've just mentioned. Well, John Davidson is uh, you know is the the number one name that you think would end up at. At Turner ESPN because of uh, his wonderful history with Hockey Night in Canada and MSG. This is a, a long-time broadcast. Fantastic broadcast. Yeah, I've always sort of hoped that he would come back to broadcasting in one way or another. We'll see. And then um, who knows, right? That 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 comes down to an individual. In some ways, it's things. harder. In some ways, it's easier. Right? Both jobs. Like the president of an organization, there's all that pressure. But you don't have to travel as much if you don't want to. You know, you can watch you can watch your team at home and maybe just go to a handful of road games. You're the shot caller. You get to make decisions. Uh, being on TV is fun. I would agree. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you're broadcasting. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's it's uh, yeah. You know, no, listen. The the word is John Davidson was making a lot of money with the New York Rangers, and he's gonna. And I think he's got. Two, he's I think he's got three years left. So. You know, he could just say, you know what, I'm going to, he could have the best of both worlds. I'm going to take the El Presidente money and I'm going to be a broadcaster. Like, you know, can you imagine how much fun I would be if I was making five, six, seven million a year? <laughs> Barrel of monkeys would not begin to describe uh, I, I, um, I mean, you're already fantastic. Exactly, so yeah. I don't know who I have to talk to about making that happen, but I, I will explore it. <laughs> As we continue here on Nighttime at Noon, thanks for joining us, Dan Duva here, Gary Lawless. We uh, will be hearing, we hope, from Golden Knights general manager Kelly McCrimmon in a little while. The Golden Knights have a practice that began at noon. 
So it's going on 35 minutes now. And again, just updating the personnel on the ice. Uh, no Pacioretty, no Tuck, no Martinez, no Nosek. However, the return of two guys who've been unavailable for a while, Patrick Brown and Ryan Reeves. Reeves was on long-term injured reserve. He's been skating recently. He is back, and he is on his familiar right-wing fourth-line spot with William Carrier on the left wing, and Patrick Brown is that fourth-line center. The third line is Keegan Colasar, Nick Waugh, and Dylan Coglin. Dylan Coglin, normally a defenseman, but has in a pinch played as a forward, and that is because, again, Vegas is, at least for today's practice, there's no word on Sunday's availability, but Tuck did not play in the third period in San Jose, and it appears he's not available for practice in this one. So Colasar, Wah, and Coglin, the third line, making Marcia So Carlson and Smith the second line, Matias Yanmark, Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, the top line. The defensive pairs, you've got Alex Petrangelo with Nick Holden, Braden McNabb with Shea Theodore, Nick Haig with Zach Whitecloud, and uh, no Alec. Martinez. No Alec Martinez. Again, to regroup, no Martinez, no Pacioretty, and no Nosick, and no Tuck. We'll see how that uh, might shake out, whether it's for Sunday or at some point in the series as it plays out. We'll step aside again. You're listening to Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Nighttime at noon continues, 12.39 here in Las Vegas. I'm Dan Duva with Gary Lawless, Golden Knights Insider. Thanks for joining us. Vegas getting ready for its first round series against the Minnesota Wild, which starts on Sunday at noon. And a pleasure now to be joined by general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, Kelly McCrimmon. Kelly, Dan and Gary here. How are you today? I'm doing real good, guys. Thanks uh, for having me here today. Well, it's our pleasure, and let's first ask Kelly the excitement of going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, having gotten through this strange regular season. What has it been like here the last day or so as you've gotten geared up for the playoffs? Oh, I think we just lost Kelly. So uh, stand by, and uh, we'll try to get Kelly back. And, Gary, I'll pose to you the same question. It's a matter of maybe turning the page to a certain degree. They've gotten through this regular season. You know what? Winning, I think, would be the the big thing that really helped them get through this. Patrick Laine was asked the other day, was he going to go play in the World Championships for Finland? He said no. He said, I hate hockey right now. It has everything that could have gone wrong for me personally and from a team perspective did. Uh, anything I can do to get away from the game, I'm going to do right now. So, so uh, I think the fact that the Golden Knights were able to win 40 times out of 56 games, that made life a lot easier for them. Well, you go into the playoffs now, and you think about how the Golden Knights will get ready for the playoffs. And, again, we uh, expect to have Kelly back with us. Kelly, are you back with us? I am. I don't know what happened there, guys. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Okay, well, we've got you back. And, again, Kelly, just the, the thought on now, the Stanley Cup playoffs have begun, and you can put this sort of bizarre regular season in the rearview mirror. What have your thoughts been like today as you make that transition, regular season to playoffs? Well, there's a few uh, a few days each season that are uh, real memorable and bring with them a great level of excitement. I always feel that way about opening day when you've been through the grind of a training camp and in normal times of preseason and then, you begin uh, your regular season. There's a lot of excitement that's around uh, your team at that time of year. And then 
as the regular season goes on and you turn the turn the page towards playoffs to me that's uh, that's the best time of year that's the uh, the opportunity that, for, that any player hopes to have, which uh, we've been able to do to be one of the 16 uh, playoff teams, and then the excitement that comes with uh, getting ready for a best-of-seven series is uh, uh, one of the best times of the year. There's been lots made about how close your team was to the cap, and uh, everyone uses the cap gymnastics uh, uh, label. You won 40 games. I would expect teams would, would want to imitate what you have done this year rather than go the other way? Well, we did have a good regular season. We were able to win 40 games, the only team in the NHL that did that. Of course, finishing tied in points with a real good Colorado Avalanche team. And you know, we talked about this uh, uh, along the way, that we knew we were going to be tight against the cap all year. We were. It took a great uh, great deal of management by uh, Andrew Lagerner, along with uh, with management, to... Uh, manage that situation over the course of uh, 56 games, and you know the you know the understanding all along is that when you get to uh, when you get to playoffs, there is no salary cap, and you know now we can uh, you know focus on other things, and that's uh, that's why we did it. How do you? You're obviously uh, a great evaluator of these things. How do you like your team? Um, I like the makeup of our team. I, I really felt uh, you know the. the the majority of our moves were in the off season, whereas one year ago, the majority of our moves were trades that were made in season. When you look at some of the players that we acquired via trade in uh, in last for last year's team, this year, um, you know, we extended Robin Leonard, we um, you know brought uh, Alex Petrangelo uh, onto our team, and all of the corresponding moves that went uh, that went with that. So when that was uh, when that was done, we knew going into training camp that there wouldn't be. Uh, a lot in the way of moves during the season. In fact, to be honest, I didn't think there'd be any moves during the season. The way that it played out, we were able to, uh, you know, have another team, you know, broker a deal for us, effectively allowing us to, uh, you know, add a player to our lineup for, you know, six or seven hundred thousand dollars on our cap, which we had the ability uh, to do at that time. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, real comfortable with the makeup of our roster. Alex Petrangelo obviously was a major addition and you know you look at the teams that have had success and when I say success I mean have won the Stanley Cup in the last few years you go to Washington they had John Carlson Tampa had Hedman uh, St. Louis had Petrangelo that type of guy that is you know there's only a handful of them that is elite offensively and elite defensively it's taken Petrangelo a little while to settle in and uh, actually I should qualify that there he settled in early, then he got hurt, then he settled in again, and then he got hurt, and then now the last couple of games, I think he's played as well as he has in a Golden Knights uniform. Uh, how how pleased are are you with the addition of Petrangelo and where his game is right now? Well, Alex is playing really well. Uh, he had COVID as well. Was one of the uh, other times he was out of our uh, lineup, but. You know, he, he is uh, a very good offensive player, a very good defensive player, but I think the other thing that you see when you watch him every night and you're really seeing here in the last month is just the, you know, the size, the physical presence, the competitiveness, uh, the command uh, that he takes on the ice. And when I look back, uh, you know, to our game Monday against uh, Colorado, uh, Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore, you know, I thought we're stars. They, they just uh, they just uh, took charge of that game every time 
that they were on the ice. And, you know, that's what those elite players can do. And, of course, we put Shea uh, right in the same breath as, uh, as Alex or different players, which, uh, which I like. But they both uh, have that type of impact on the game. And, you know, obviously the, the purpose behind uh, adding Alex to our team is for this time of year. And that's uh, where I think we're really going to see his value. Kelly McCrimmon is our guest, general manager of the Golden Knights with Dan Duva, Gary Lawless, nighttime at noon. Kelly, your goaltenders won the Jennings, uh, the fewest goals allowed in the National Hockey League. I wonder if you can, in retrospect, talk about how they performed this year and also how all of their success in the regular season, how it might look um, in the postseason. Well, the goaltending was great all year, which, uh, you know, which we expected that it would be. Um, you know, rolled out a little bit differently than we anticipated with uh, with Robin's injury. Gave Flower a chance to uh, go on a real good run where he played, I think, 16 or 17 games uh, in a row. And, uh, you know, Flower's season has been uh, tremendous right, uh, right from start to finish. Since Robin returned from injury, we've gone back to a rotation. And night in, night out, we've got, uh, we've got great goaltending. So that's a real... Uh, strength of our team. I think that gives us a luxury that not uh, not a lot of teams have. I expect that uh, you know both guys will be uh, real important here uh, in and through the playoffs, and gives us a real good comfort level. And at that position, we're real strong. You've had Ryan Reeves on your teams uh, dating back to when you were uh, um, the owner, coach, and general manager of the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, he practiced today. Practiced today. If he does. If in fact he does return to the lineup and plays on Sunday or any time during the series in Minnesota, what does he add to a team, uh, especially in a playoff series that that helps a, helps a team? Well, Ryan's been a really good playoff performer for our team, and I go back to uh, year one when we acquired him from uh, Pittsburgh at the trade deadline. If you remember that year, he didn't play for us uh, early in the playoffs. He went into the lineup. Uh, in game six against San Jose, the night that we clinched the series against San Jose, I thought he had a real impact. Um, you know, he in turn was in the lineup for the balance uh, of that uh, playoff season right through uh, to the Stanley Cup Finals. I thought last year uh, his line had a really good season. I thought they were really strong uh, in the bubble. I think it's a time of year where when you play the same opponent over and over, the physical play as uh, you know, even a, a heightened uh, level of importance, and you know, no one's better at it than uh, than Ryan is. His body checking and uh, you know his ability to play tough and play hard without putting his team in penalty trouble. Um, you know, fighting if that does happen in the playoffs, he's uh, he's one of the best uh, there as well. And then just uh, you know the improvements that that line showed over the course of the year. They weren't uh, they weren't as good as they wanted to be in the first half of the year, but I really felt. They made great progress in the second half uh, of the season, and that's what we look for. And, and, and we haven't had 12 forwards down the stretch, so this is going to you know, give us the ability to play four lines if Ryan is ready to go uh, when we open up uh, on Sunday. Last thing, Kelly, and that is the opponent on Sunday in the first round and Minnesota, not normally in your division, but you saw them eight times this year, including a couple of times recently. Can you give us a sense of the matchup, what Minnesota brings to bear, and what it's like going up against a playoff team here that you've already seen eight times in a shortened regular season? Well, it's, it's to me, I've said it different times, it's the biggest uh, aspect of the season that's been unique is the repetitive 
schedule against the same seven teams. So that really is uh, is different than what we're used to. In an ordinary year, we would only play Minnesota three times. So uh, having played them eight times, we uh, know them real well. They know us real well. Uh, they've had a great season. They were right in the discussion for first, second, or third up until uh, the last few days. So they have had a great uh, regular season. They've made improvements to their roster. They've had a real good uh, coaching job by uh, Dean Evison. They played at a high level, and uh, they're they're a real good team. They've got great depth uh, at every uh, position, and I know that uh, it'll be a real tough matchup. And yet, when you get 16 teams in the playoffs, when you look at the West Division, it was going to be St. Louis or Minnesota. If it's you know St. Louis, they uh, they won the Stanley Cup two years ago. So you're playing a really good team uh, in the first round. If you're fortunate enough to advance, you know that you're playing a real good team. Uh, in the second round, but that's how it's supposed to be. If winning the Stanley Cup was easy, uh, a lot more teams would do it. And nearly 8,000 fans expected for the Knights and the Wild come Sunday. Our guest has been Kelly McCrimmon, the general manager of the Golden Knights. Kelly, thank you very much for spending some time with us today, and we wish you all the best as the Knights go into the Stanley Cup playoffs. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. There's Kelly McCrimmon as the Knights get sent 12 o'clock. Sunday afternoon against the Minnesota Wild. We'll step aside. We wrap things up here when we return. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless here wrapping things up on Nighttime at Noon. We'll be back, of course, with another edition on Monday. By then, the Knights will have already played their first game against Minnesota, and Gary... In the eight meetings this regular season, the Knights' record against the Wild was 3-4-1. and one. That's seven out of 16 possible points. What does that mean to you? Not very much. And uh, let's go to that recency bias that we talked about earlier. Uh, when Vegas went to Minnesota uh, two weeks ago, they the first game they should have won. Robin Leonard had a uh, had an off night. And, Vegas uh, was up 5-3. They yeah. lost 6-5 in regulation. Yeah, they had a, a terrible third period. And then they went and they won the next game after that. And uh, I just think when Vegas – someone texted me last night and said, why is Minnesota a tough matchup? And to me, it's all about the Golden Knights. If the Golden Knights play a disciplined and simple game, they can beat Minnesota at their own game. If they feed the fire and – and turn the puck over and try and play fancy, Minnesota will feast on that. Kaprasov is a game-breaker, for sure. He's going he's gonna to inflict some damage. I think you got to make him play in his own zone as much as possible. Really, it comes down to Vegas playing puck possession game, really simple at the offensive blue line, really clean. They've, they've been really excellent the last couple of games at getting getting the puck out of their own zone. If they continue to play like that, I see them beating Minnesota. Ryan Reeves and his potential return, he has not been available for those recent matchups. Is that worth keeping an eye on? Yeah, I don't know if I'd play Ryan in uh, the whole series, but I might have him in game one. If, if, if he is physically ready to really have an impact, uh, I think he can run some people and, uh, and, and get them thinking about what's going on out there. The other thing is, Matt Dumba has a bit of a hair trigger when it comes to his temper, and if Reeves is up on top of him a few times, maybe he makes a mistake. Reeves did participate in the semi-optional practice today. That's how Pete DeBoer described today's on-ice experience, semi-optional, and that if a guy was not on the ice for today, that's not indicative of that player's availability for Sunday. 
There was no Pacioretty, no Tuck, no Martinez, and no Nosen. But Reeves was back. That'll just about wrap things up for Angelo and Jared and all of us at the Golden Knights. Gary and Dan saying, have a great day, everybody. On we go.